0: G'day there, Thriver Jess here. Welcome back to the show for another week. I have an interview for you this week with Lauren Earle of Sclow Glass, and she has been a glass worker, glassmaker for quite some time. And uh, we're going to be talking about her experience from starting work in a stained glass shop after high school just you know just as a job and then kind of falling in love with the craft and making her own work and now she has a full-time business Uh, her husband is a stay-at-home dad to their three children and uh, things are going really well for her now this interview was recorded the beginning of March so before the pandemic really kind of took hold and we knew what we were in for Uh, so It's a really great interview, I really enjoyed it, we had a great chat, Uh, really positive, lots of great tips that Lauren's picked up and lessons she's learned over her career so far. Uh, A few bits of news before we dive in. Number one, uh, next week I have a live workshop happening online uh, and it's about how to craft your perfect thank you message. Now what is that? Well I'm a big fan of and a big proponent of sending every customer a you know manual thank you email or message once they order from you to kind of start off that relationship really really well I've been doing this probably since the beginning of my business, but a numerous years ago, I really ramped up my thank you message and overhauled it and made it something really meaningful and really special. And it's really revolutionized the way that I communicate with my customers and the relationship that I'm building with them. So I am running a workshop on how to craft your own perfect thank you message that you can use with your customers in order to set up that relationship. And it's never been as vital as it is now to really be building strong positive relationships with our customers you know especially with things like shipping delays happening um, you know people probably are a little bit more cautious about spending money at the moment so it really is worth it to spend the time to craft a message that really sets off the relationship with a on a really positive note. And uh, so that's what we're going to be doing in that workshop. To get access to that, all you need to do is become a member of the Thriver Circle. So head on over to ThriverCircle.com and you'll get access to every monthly workshop that I do. I do live monthly workshops every month. And I also run live calls with shop critiques. We have weekly live chats uh, where you can all communicate with each other in real time. And I'm there as well. This is via text chat. And uh, it's been a really, really great way to, you know, get in touch and support each other during this challenging time. Uh, Those chats have been super busy and they've been a really lovely thing to be part of. And they'll be weekly going forward. They used to be monthly, but I turned them weekly. So that's what's happening. Piece of news number two. Uh, You may know that I've just recently finished running my course setup shop. However considering the situation we're all in and I know a lot of people have um, you know been furloughed from their jobs I uh, may have lost your job uh, you know you may be in a position where you have more time to work in your business I know this isn't everybody I know there are many of you who aren't in this position who probably have less time because you have kids at home and things like that but for those of you who are in that position uh, I am thinking about offering Setup Shop again soon rather than waiting until September, October like I normally would. Normally, I only run it twice a year. I'm considering running it again shortly uh, for those of you who are in that position and who would like access to that course to run, uh, to set up your online shop, uh, especially for those of you who, you know, were reliant on markets or wholesale and that's just not happening anymore and you really want to pivot to online online. If you are interested in that please reach out to me probably the easiest way is just on Instagram so I'm at create and thrive just send me a quick DM and tell me yep I'm interested and if I get enough interest from you guys I will run the course again very soon probably starting in something like you know early May so please do let me know if that is something that you are interested in it's also a really good time for those of you in the USA um, and in England and Europe because uh, at the Australian dollar it has dropped quite a lot and that means that the course is going to be probably the cheapest it's ever been for you because I do charge in Australian dollars so it's going to be something around the 50-60 dollar mark for you to do this 30-day intensive course with me so if you are interested in taking part in that please do let me know shoot me a dm uh, on instagram at create and thrive that is me okay so this is episode uh, 226 of the create and thrive podcast let's get into it do you want to grow a thriving profitable handmade business my name is Jess Van Den and I'm here to help you do just that I took my own handmade business full-time in 2010 and since 2013 I've helped thousands of makers just like you create and grow successful handmade businesses so are you ready to thrive let's get learning So I'm here with Lauren from Sklo Glass. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Jess. I'm very excited to talk to you because you have, you know, a lot of people I have on the show uh, sort of did other things with their lives and then went into their craft, but you've been doing it kind of right from the beginning and you work (sighs) other people and then you turned it into your own thing. So can you give us a little kind of story of how it all started for you?
1: Yeah, so I was really lucky that um, when I graduated high school, I was in need of a job, and so my mom had um, a family friend that their daughter had worked at a stained glass shop, and she knew that I loved everything art, took art growing up, and private art classes, and and so my mom thought I'd be interested. So she's like, you should go apply. So I went and applied and got the job. And it was very, um, oh, and this was in San Diego where I grew up. And so it was very much a, um, it was more of a stained glass shop that they would make windows for home builders. Mm-hmm. So say if, you know, a home builder, um, you were buying a home from them, you could upgrade and get a stained glass window and a transom or a sidelight. And so we were making pretty much um, different sizes, but kind of similar designs over and over again. So my job that I got there was cutting glass. So I would pre-cut all the shapes um, of the pieces. And it and it, um, most of the glass we used was clear textured glass. So not too much colors. Um, And and I would just pre-cut all the pieces and then kind of go down to the next person and they would shape the pieces and the next person would assemble kind of like that. But it was a fun environment because uh, it was a small group of us uh, or there weren't very many employees and um, they were all kind of younger. So it was kind of that 18 to 25 year range. So it was a fun group and a fun place to work. And I enjoyed it. Um, So that's where I got kind of. A feel for what stained glass was and how to actually um, build something like that. So before I left there, I kind of got a taste of or I got to try out actually making a piece and soldering and and I really enjoyed it. And so when I moved um, to school with some some of my girlfriends up to Utah, um, I was also need in need of a job. And so I decided to search for another stained glass job because I figured if I already knew um or I had experience in that I might as well look for the same type of job with mm-hmm. that experience. So i um, I was um at one point I was torn between um a job at a stained glass shop that was not too far from where we lived or working for um where my sister was working at a company that you would make um oh I can't remember exactly what you called. It, it was like Molds for dental, like teeth and stuff. So, <laughs> so it was pretty funny. I'm like, what would have happened if I would have gone that route? Where would I be? You know, making like, these like you know molded teeth. You know, I might have been sculpture in that. So who knows? But um, but I decided to go with the stained glass job, and I and I'm happy I did. Obviously, and it was a place in Orem, Utah. I worked at uh, Glass Images and Creations, and I worked there for four years. And I started. It was funny. I started out doing. um um Insulating the window. So when you make a stained glass window um, in in cold environments mm-hmm. uh, The normal thing to do a stained glass is you cement it to, to seal up any gaps or air to go through but in cold environments It's a little bit uh, More efficient for energy to insulate mm-hmm. it and that means putting two pieces of tempered clear glass on each side All and right. so that was my job I'd clean the windows put it between these two pieces of clear glass and you have to put this tape around it. And then you use this like hot goop to seal it around the edges. So I was doing that and for quite a while, um, and, and do other things here and there when they needed other things done or help out in the front of the shop and, and ring people up whatnot. But I finally, um, after helping them with stained glass windows here and there, I finally was like, I I really want to do stained glass full time here, you know? Mm -hmm. And so they did, they, they, um, uh, promote me to do that. And so I was doing that and making windows and helping with clients from the beginning to end. So it was a great learning process to be there and act and work on a large scale mm-hmm. and learn everything from beginning to end. So that's, um, that was kind of my stained glass learning process. Uh, and then that's actually where I met my husband. He worked ah. there for uh, a little bit when he was going to school, and he works there because it's his uncle's stained glass shop. So oh now I'm married to him, so now it's kind of in the family. <laughs> so, so we don't live in Utah anymore; we live in Vegas, where my husband grew up. But um, but it's just kind of funny because you know his cousin and his uncle stained glass, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so now I do that. And and um, and um, you were asking, do you want me to tell you kind of where I am now, like how I got back to where?
0: Before we do that, that, I'm just curious oh, okay. what, you, what you studied at university.
1: Oh, gosh. I was going to do fine arts and with ah, an emphasis okay. on painting, mm-hmm. but um, I made the huge mistake of <laughs> taking all my fun classes first, right. all my art classes. And then when I got to the part where I had to do generals, I was like, hmm you know what, I'm working, I can work full time and do stained glass art. So I might as well just do that. I just, I was more um, motivated to work and make money than just go yeah. to school. So, yeah. but you know, it worked out. I'm fine. So
0: yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I don't know if it's a
1: route everybody should take, but it's one I did. So, and it worked out to be okay.
0: <laughs> well, university is very expensive. I'm a big fan of not going if it's not what you really need to do to do what yes. you want to do. Right.
1: Yes. And that was the <laughs> one of the walls I hit was, okay, if I need to pay X, Y, Z, and I don't like being in debt, the mm. the part of getting a loan and being in debt really scared me. And so when I really thought about it, I was like, well, I don't know what's going to come about if I graduate. So I was like, well, if I know I'm already making money doing what I love, I might as well just stick with it. So that was mm. kind
0: of yeah, my, cause, my choice. <laughs> cause you guys have pretty big fees in America from memory and you have to get like your own student loan, right? The government doesn't like if you or prop you oh, up in any way gosh
1: I believe so and then I don't oh uh, that's so long ago I haven't even looked into it long, but I'm pretty sure and then and then yeah student fees it depends I I was going to a in a, a state well yeah, state college mm-hmm. and then um but I didn't have in-state tuition. So that's the part too. I didn't have in-state tuition yet. And I was like, uh, I can't keep, you know, it adds Mm -hmm. up. So yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. Okay. So, so you made that transition. (laughs) When did you decide to start your own thing and go out, you know, branch out and do your own thing?
1: Yeah. So when I moved from Utah to Vegas, um, uh, that's when I stopped working for the stained glass shop and, uh, there were in Vegas, there's, not much stained glass at the time that I found. Mm-hmm. And so from there, I just ended up finding, um, I actually worked uh, retail at um, anthropology and did oh, nice. uh, their window displays at one point. So that was fun. Cause I got to do some art there, mm. but bounced around a couple jobs and was kind of on the retail side for a while and worked for Zappos doing merchandising, assisting and stuff with the buyers and which was really good. Cause now it helps now with, mm. um, doing all my back you know back in like wholesale and stuff but um so i i really didn't touch stained glass for a long time and uh before i had um moved to vegas and i guess at the time when it right when i moved to vegas the only thing i was really doing on my own was making these little square and rectangle pendants of really mm-hmm. simple um jewelry pieces that you could wear little pendant jewelry pieces or little earrings and it's funny because I didn't like wearing them and it was I don't love jewelry, but I was making them because my sister loved it and other people wanted it. So I'd make <laughs> it. And then it just got so complicated. I was like, oh, I can't, you know, keep up with it wasn't like I was selling a lot, but it was very complicated to try to sell it, like get it going as a mm-hmm. business. So mm-hmm. so I dropped that. But then it wasn't until um my husband got a job in Utah we moved back and we already had two kids at the time. And and, uh, I was getting close to having my third is when I was like, okay, I'm drowning in diapers and <laughs> just, tw- you know, 24 seven And it was, I was going through this, uh, challenge of, okay, how do I balance, you know, being with the kids full time? Cause I was just, at that point I was a stay at home mom. Sorry. I kind of mm-hmm. missed that point, but I became a stay at home mom once I had my first. And then after I had my second kid, then we moved up to Utah. But, um, I kind of was toiling with this fact of like, well, you know, do I lose who I am as a person that I grew up, you know, being love, being creative with Mm -hmm. this and that and challenging myself? Do I, do I have to lose all that? Because now I'm with the kids full time and you know, I love them, but you know, sometimes you just, you have this drive, you want to do something for yourself. So that's when I was, you know, I was really just, really needing some creativity time for myself mm. and so I told my husband like you know I just need like an hour a day you know when you get home I just need an hour to just, just do something you know kind of artsy for myself so I was searching and searching for something to do and I was <laughs> honestly like just going through like what could I make what could I make just something <laughs> and, then, and then it wasn't until I saw a picture I i can't remember specifically but I remember seeing pictures of you know, wall hangings were getting really popular. Yeah. And it so was this something was about like
0: 2016, 2015? About
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, 2016. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Towards the end of 2016. And I was like, oh, you know, wall hangings. I'm like, oh, I'm like, okay, it doesn't have to be a window. I have to make it a stained glass. So I was like, well, maybe I could do some simple geometric shapes to hang on a wall. So that's right. when I started playing with that. And it was just honestly supposed to be something for me to do creatively, you know, for creative reasons and yeah. I'll sell it on Etsy if it sells, you know, I've done, <laughs> oh, I've done multiple, <laughs> m- multiple Etsy shops before, you know, that I, you know, sell something for a month and be done. Yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. like, oh, I could do it again. And so then, uh, I had a, some friends buy some things and friends requesting a buy and they wanted stuff for their, you know, gifts. And so I was like, okay, I'll just keep making what I make. And And it slowly just started growing and getting busier and busier. And, oh, and then I started doing um, markets. Utah has amazing art fair markets Mm -hmm. that I loved because they're very curated. It wasn't like these big traveling shows. You could go and get a booth for really cheap at a show for the weekend. And it was all, you know, other – you can tell there are other – other ladies or moms that are doing something creative at home you know and they're selling it and it's it was a really good environment so I did quite a few in a row and that was keeping me really busy um and and then as I was starting getting busier and busier it got to the point where I was like I can't do these markets anymore because it was, it was <laughs> taking a lot of time away from me just making orders for mm-hmm. people and so it started growing naturally which I I absolutely love because it's it'd be so stressful to try to make a business happen, you know, and not know what's going to come about it. So organically it grew. And, um, I lucked out because my husband, um, once it got busy, Oh, the thing that got, that totally blew it up is I have this nativity design that I, I, um, created. And one year I turned it into like a nativity set that you could display on, um, like on, you know, a mantle or a table mm-hmm. and it got, it got really busy for me. And at the same time, my husband's job had layoffs. And so he was able to be at home with the kids while I was working. And, and we kind of looked at it toward at the end of the year, We're like, oh, this is actually doable. We can make this work, you know, awesome. which just blew my mind because I just really thought it was just a side, a side thing, you know, for me <laughs> to do for fun. So who knew?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so where are you at now? Is your husband still stay at home dad or does he help you in the business or?
1: Yeah, he is. He mostly watches the kids. He's stay at home dad. And mm-hmm. then he, he does help me with the business. Like right now I just shot, I saw him pull up with some wood for <laughs> one of my pieces. So, so he, he does a lot of, um, like helping me out with certain things Mm -hmm. um and here and there and we're collaborating on uh a new premium line of mirrors because he's he's a woodworker. So he's helping me out with some some higher end wood pieces to go along with mirrors. So it'll be really fun.
0: Awesome. Okay, so that's really exciting. so you you talked about I've got so many things to ask you. You talked about your business growing organically. was that yeah. mostly word of mouth or social media or like how did that actually oh, happen?
1: Yeah, I think it was word of mouth at first because I do remember mm. it's hard to go back and think but i I believe yeah. it was quite a bit of friends and you know my people finding out through my husband or me or you know their friends and like you know finding out that someone has stained glass and then it was um a lot of um I think getting to know certain, the right people, Mm -hmm. you know, not forcing it, but trying to reach out to people and trying to um, get your, your pieces out there um, for people to see was helpful. So I was trying to make contacts with certain, you know, nothing big, but just people in the area, other artists, um, and try to do things together so that your name can be seen more was really helpful. And I was, I have been very blessed that um, after, selling at Etsy for a while, Etsy has picked up um, a few of my pieces for like email marketing ads and Mm -hmm. whatnot, which is amazing because I don't ask for it or anything. They just do it. And that has really boosted uh, my sales a lot. So that was huge.
0: Do you want to learn how to sell more online? I have a free video workshop just for you. It's called The 10 Essential Keys to Successfully Sell Handmade Products Online, and it'll take you through the absolute key factors that will help you to unlock the door of successful online selling. To get access to it right now for free, head on over to createandthrive.com forward slash 10. That's createandthrive.com forward slash 10. So do you get a lot of sales through Etsy search, just like SEO?
1: I be, Yeah. <laughs> so bad. I should know better. <laughs> yes, I do get, I do get quite a bit. It's last, um, I'm trying to see last, and it depends on what I have. Holiday mm. usually comes from me solely, like on my end, but yes, throughout the year, it does come through Etsy quite a bit. So, and and I didn't think I'd stay on Etsy this long, just because I thought it was just like, oh, you just start out with it kind of a mm-hmm. thing. But it does so well that I just, I just like keeping it, and and I've got, I've, I, they've given me a lot of attention here and there, which I love so and mm-hmm. appreciate.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so. <sighs> So many questions. Let's start, let's start with um, the family situation. Has that now just a bit of background for you and for most of my listeners will know this, but my husband works with me in the business as well. Um, yeah. I started them out, and then he sort of started doing little jobs here and there, and then I trained him yeah. to make jewelry, and so we're ah, yeah. completely self-employed and have been for like ten years. Um, so how is that working with your husband and switching those roles? Was it kind of did it, Was it easy for you guys? Or did it take some adjustment?
1: Uh, you know, it was pretty easy for us. I think comparably to maybe other people that, you know, have a hard time doing that. But he, even when he was, you know, working full time and I was at home, he's like, Oh man, I would love to be at home. (laughs) (laughs) He he always was trying to find any opportunity he could be at home, you know? And, and for quite a while we were, we were kind of like, Oh, it'd be nice to finally work towards a goal of being, you know, work for ourselves. We just Mm -hmm. find security in that when we work for, for ourselves. So, so he was, he's been great and totally fine. And he's a better cook anyway. So it works out. He does all the cooking. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not like a huge, I don't know. It's kind of funny. Cause I'm like, I do better the cleaning. He does better the cooking. So it's yeah. fine. <laughs> and then, but, um, but no, th- the dynamics good. And
0: Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I, no, I was just saying, I think for our generation, it's a little bit more n- normalized these days, isn't it? Like yeah, it doesn't really yeah. matter who's doing what it's just what works for the family.
1: Exactly, and I do love that. I love that it doesn't have to be, you know, this is that, and you know, what not? I, the one thing I do, I do this is being, like that stay at home mom. Sometimes, sometimes mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I just wish I could just like do stuff with the kids all day, you know. <laughs> yeah. So that that's a balance we're trying to figure out because maybe you know, if, if we're trying to figure out in the future maybe there's things that he could do and take over certain days and there's things I could do and take you know Mm -hmm. so but um yeah because there's times where I do miss being with the kids all the day all day
0: yeah yeah. (laughs) okay so how I want to ask you now about kind of your relationship with your craft because a big problem that I see a lot of makers suffer from is they love making something they make heaps of it People tell them they should start selling it. They start selling it and then their craft t- turns from being a creative outlet into a job. Yes. Um, so how have you navigated that process?
1: Um, the only, so I, I thought it would turn out like that for me. I thought sometimes I'd be like, oh, if I have to make the same thing every time, <laughs> cause that's how my, my stuff is set up. Like yep. with my website and everything, it's all made to order. So there's, you know, so many items there order it. And then it's so many weeks out to, to make it. So I thought because of me having to do repetitive things, I, I, I kind of usually am the person to be like, Oh, I don't want to do it more than once kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. But, but surprisingly it has not bothered me as much as I thought it would. And when I go in for the day and I'm like, okay, I have to make this, this, and this, it really doesn't, it doesn't, um, like bring, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me, I guess. I don't know. I just, it was strange. So the only times that where I feel like, okay, this isn't just something I enjoy, it's a job and I start to kind of resent it is only when, um, well, it's probably just more personal. Sometimes I just have a really hard time feeling motivated to go work. Mm -hmm. And then that's when I struggle and I hit this like kind of a block, a wall just to get, get in the studio and start doing it. And then once I yeah. start doing it, then it's fine. And then I'm back to normal. <laughs> but, um, the, the hard part for me to balance too is holiday. Cause I, I tried better this year not to burn myself out, but in the end there was times where like we were staying up really late and my husband was helping me a ton during holiday. He he was cutting out like all the nativity pieces and grinding all of them, so he did a huge portion portion of it. And still, we were like some nights where he was up till six a.m. One day, so wow. so there's some <laughs> some things like that, yeah. some things like that where if it becomes very repetitive and then it's and then it's that stress factor of I've got mm-hmm. to get it done on time. That's when I'm go, oh my goodness, I need a break. Like this is too much. But but overall, I feel like I've been pretty lucky that um, that I feel like it my creative side hasn't been taken away by,
0: by doing what I do. That's so, fantastic. Yeah. How, how often do you, just in general, do you kind of create new pieces? Do you have a system for that or is it just something that happens when you feel inspired?
1: <laughs> I don't have a system. I wish I did. I'm trying. <laughs> so this year I'm trying because last year I didn't do last year. I was just trying to keep up with mm-hmm. orders and I was really, there was, there was a part of me. was like, Oh, I'm, I'm missing just, being creative and doing some creative things. And the 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 things that I get got to do that were new and creative were commission pieces. Right. Which were awesome that and for commissions for me take a, a long time and it's a process to go from, you know, an idea to a sketch to executing it. And so I'm always i so happy that I have customers that stick through the commission process because it takes a while. But mm-hmm. so those were the really fun ones that I got to do last year. And I was so thankful for those. But this year I set up a, it was mostly for me, but I was like, well, I'll let people join in too if they want. So every month I have a challenge and it's just some, like a theme I pick or a subject and it forces me to be like, no, I need to do something creative for myself And get it done because I have all these ideas in my head and and a lot of times I don't I don't take enough time to execute it or Mm -hmm. put it together so so that's been helping this year and I think I hopefully by the end of the year I have some pieces I can look back and be happy you know I made them
0: that's awesome I like that idea Uh, I've done something like that similar in the past it's like setting setting yourself up with some sort of challenge to to kind of almost force you to uh-huh. to take the time to be it's creative. True. It's true.
1: The, the piece, the, I I did an extension for this last month and I literally finished the piece today and took a photo. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I had to finish it. I had to finish it, yes, you know? So sure. it was good. Yeah.
0: So are you at the point where you're considering hiring anyone or bringing anyone else on oh, board to kind of take some of the load yeah. off?
1: Um, hiring makes me nervous yep. just because of um, having an employee, and and it's not so much having someone work on it; it's more the logistics of the business side behind it, like mm. employee insurance and all that. Just really freaks me out because <laughs> I'm <laughs> like, I just don't know all of that, you know. But um, the one thing uh, we are looking into, my husband and I are trying to find is subbing out some work. So not mm-hmm. so much getting an employee, but subbing out the work where I just pay for certain things to be done through another, you know, s- someone else. So mm-hmm. we're looking into that because there's some really basic stuff like, you know, the mirror that I cut out. Sometimes they're very simple, you know, shapes. Mm-hmm. And just having one person take over that and having that subbed out would be such a huge load off of, you know, my day. So we're looking into that. but. um uh, I would love to, I've thought of, cause I've thought about it, it would be nice to have someone just come in the studio and help with a few things here and there, mm. but it's just trying to figure out if I can, if I would have to hire them as an employee or if they could just be yeah. subcontracted, that kind of, that kind of thing. And I think with Vegas, it's a little bit harder finding people, um, here, whereas Utah, there's just so many, like, you know stay out you know stay at home moms that mm-hmm. wanted something creative to do so um but it's just finding the right person I think
0: yeah and that is definitely the key when yeah. hiring yeah um so what about the admin side of things how do you kind of balance the making and the and the emails and the social media and all that sort of stuff oh
1: I don't think I, well, that's, that. People, some people are like, Oh, how do you do it? I'm like, I don't think I do a very good job. That's just me <laughs> criticizing myself. Cause I don't, I haven't even gotten on the email train yet, which I'm like now, like I was looking into it this and I'm like, okay, this year, I need to start doing emails. Cause mm-hmm. I just, I just don't even, I forget that they work. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I need to get on that. But, but that has been um, a bit harder to try to figure out, you know, to stay on schedule with certain things. So Mm. I, I, now I kind of set, um, I set, um, kind of a reminder that at the end of the day, I need to do X, Y, Z before I go to bed. So I have to go through my planner, make sure, you know, what's coming up for the week and fill out what orders, you know, have to be fulfilled. Mm -hmm. I still like to write things down. It helps me remember, but, um, and then I have to go through, you know, my expenses and then I go through, um, um, like, uh, things I need to order so I try to every night try to do something to help with um with what the business side of it you know yeah, so yeah. I don't forget and goes to the and then it's last minute so I try to keep up on it
0: <laughs> so do you have uh you know regular working days regular working hours what does a normal day look like for you How yeah so
1: work? yeah so usually I I really try to stick to just Monday through Friday mm-hmm. sometimes it does creep into the weekends and usually it creeps in the weekends, either if it's a super busy time or if it's just something came up during the week and then that made me push into Saturday. But usually I just try to get up, uh, get into the studio by at least eight and then work till five. And, and it's mostly I try to I try to push myself to get in there earlier. So that way I can get out earlier and just be with the kids. But mm-hmm. it, but it's great because I I have lunch with the family and then. Back to normal afterwards, but it was that was one of the harder things I had to figure out was once I was doing this full time, and we moved to Vegas was um being very strict, be like, no, I need to go work, you know, instead of being yes. like, yeah, I can do this or that, and <laughs> here and there, and then I, by the end of the day, I'd be so frazzled because I hadn't gotten you know what I needed to done. So, so some, I had a I had I don't like being kind of the strict, you know. And like, uh, I don't want to be like say rude. I try not to be rude about it, but <laughs> there's times where I have to be like no. Like saying no to things is really yes. hard sometimes. So, yeah. so I've gotten better about that, and I, and it was a process too of people realizing, oh no, like she's working, you know, mm-hmm. he's he's not, yeah, you know. So it was.
0: It was I call I call hard it, hard it setting boundaries.
1: There you go. That's the word I was looking for. Yes, yes. I had to set boundaries, and yep and it took a while to figure out exactly what those were and to
0: teach everyone else and also
1: teach teach everyone else and then teach myself how to do it too, you know, and make sure I, I stick
0: with it. (laughs) Yeah, That's a good way to put it. So do you work from home? Is your studio at home?
1: Yeah, I do at home. So right now uh, we live with my, um, my husband's parents in their house and they have like an apartment casita that we're in. And, um, they have a, they have plenty of bedrooms, and they gave me one of the bedrooms to turn into a studio. So literally, oh, cool. like across from our little casita door into the courtyard is my studio. So it's just one door over across the way. So, um, so I was super blessed with that. I thought I was gonna have to set up a studio space when I got to Vegas and maybe do something in their backyard, but for right now, that worked out so much better because with the Vegas heat and stuff, just setting up a quick studio in the backyard would be pretty brutal Oof. in the summertime. <laughs> yeah. So, oh my goodness. So I know. So I lucked out. So it's it's been great. I would love to find um in the future it'd be amazing if I had like another studio space somewhere. But with with places like that, there's not many options here and it's it can get pricey pretty quick. So mm-hmm. I'm happy where I'm at. <laughs> it works great.
0: Yeah. And it's nice, you know, like you said, you can stop and have lunch with your family and stuff like exactly. that throughout the day, which is fantastic. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's good. And we actually set up a little, one of the, the bedroom, that's just Jack and Jill to um, the studio we set up as a playroom. So if there ever needs to be a, you know, my husband's doing something, the kids can be in there mm-hmm. um, and I can kind of keep an eye on him or hear him at least. But they've got all their their stuff in there, and and his mom helps out a ton watching the kids. So
0: mm. we're we're pretty lucky. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so what what's been would you say one of the biggest challenges you've faced so far throughout your business journey? Uh,
1: there's the couple that come to mind are um, just figuring out the back end business side of it because mm. just you know. Starting out and just creating things that you want and then selling them once in a while is is awesome. But then when you really start to grow and you have to figure out the financing and um, and be on top of everything, that's that was a big challenge to to figure out and to I had to teach myself a lot of it. So um, which my husband helps a ton with that too but it is like me just keeping up on the books and everything is Mm -hmm. and receipts and every, you know, it's not the fun side, but you have to do it. So, (laughs) (laughs) and, um, and then the other thing that has been a challenge, um, that I was really lucky in the starting out, but now it's come about quite a bit more and I've had to be kind of a, a hardball about it and just be very like, um, like kind of take it on a business side is, is those people that have ended up um, copying my work. So right. that's, mm-hmm. I know that happens to everybody. And it's kind of like, I, I didn't think it would bother me that much, but then there's certain things where if I know it's design that I worked so hard on and it, it was something that I felt like, like I created from the beginning. It wasn't like something it was, um, you know, like a inspiration from something else like I really truly created it from you know my you know my ideas that's when I it I was like oh I take this more personally than I thought so Mm. I had to choose a path of do I want to just let it go or do I want to actually um try to protect my design so there's there's a lot of times where I had to I had to deal with that and and say you know no this you know this works copyrighted and here and there so that that's harder to do you know mm-hmm. um and it's always hard to see and I know in this in the stained glass world the, those that have been doing it for a long time um have had to deal with it and it's and it's hard it's hard to see people try to make the same thing and especially when the quality is different and um sometimes trying to price it as much or more than what you mm-hmm. make you, know, you sell it for so that that's really hard to take sometimes so um but yeah I just try to keep it really professional and stuff like that happens
0: yeah so reaching out to the person and things like that
1: yeah yeah and and um if it ever gets to the point you have to have a cease and desist letter and and have the copyright you know issued mm-hmm. and everything so but and a lot of times I found if I and most of the time quite a bit they're usually really like oh you know really <laughs> apologetic and, and nice about it which is way better you know that's what yeah. you want but a few times it's like oh no you have to kind of explain to them what copyrights you know what a copyright is and yeah and you know the legality just of see it see
0: something and then make exact copies of it
1: no no <laughs> and there's, there's like certain things like of course I know I can't say anything about like I make the moon pieces okay well that's like you know a general a moon you know I can't mm-hmm can't copyright the moon or something like that but as far as like the original designs um yeah that's that's hard it's not it's like an I don't want to be the not fun person you know Mm. and be feel like I have to be um making people feel bad about what they're doing but you just have to I think it's better though to try to fight for fight for what you created
0: Mm. protect the integrity of your business
1: yeah yeah exactly
0: So flipping that around, what's been one of the most exciting things that's come out of it over the years?
1: Oh, the most exciting. Well, one of the most exciting is that we've been able to do the, that the business has grown enough to where we can do this as a full time thing for our family, which is awesome. I love it. Um, And then I'm trying to think the more exciting things. Um, Oh gosh. I feel like there's a lot of little things that have been, have been exciting, but um, I talked about it once a long time ago. There was a really fun one that happened where on Instagram, um, uh, a lady who reached out to me, her last name is Wolf. I'm blanking on her first name. I think it's Betsy, but she, um, is in musicals and she was in the waitress musical and she needed a gift for Sarah Bareilles that was in it with her. So mm-hmm. she reached out to me to make a piece for her. So that was super fun. <laughs> and I was like, Oh my goodness, you know, you get a little excited for that. And, um, but I've been pretty amazed with how many people have reached out to me for things here and there. Mm. Um, and I got to do the crafters box, which was a, a good experience learning how to do a tutorial, you know, and, and, um, doing that and teaching classes have been really fun. So, uh,
0: so, quite a few things. so I believe you started selling kits. Is that right? Recently? say that one more time Uh, I believe you started selling kits recently
1: so yes recently yes that has been something that I've been wanting to do for quite some time started last year um actually before I did the crafters box I had been looking into and was reached out about doing um online tutorials and uh And I had wanted to start doing it because uh, I love the idea of that passive income to Mm -hmm. at least let, because that was part of my, my goal was to have a little bit more time with the kids. So, so now um, I started last year working on an ebook with, um, which will include tutorial videos and I need to finish up the ebook and then I'll film the videos um, the beginning of this year. Uh, and then I started selling a kit because I had quite a few people request or Mm -hmm. not quite a few. I had a couple people request a kit. And so I was like, well, I'll get, you know, so many and put it on there. So I, I have a starter kit for anybody who wants to do stained glass and with the lead technique. And I had quite a few people request uh, a kit for foil because there's two different techniques in, in stained glass. Mm -hmm. You can use lead to assemble your pieces or a foil, um, tape to assemble your pieces. So, um, so I have that kit on my site for those who are, um, maybe taking a class doing stained glass and want to start doing it at home on their own, or those who are trying to learn. And, uh, I also am starting to sell, um, like PDF files of patterns. So when you build a stained glass piece, you usually use some type of pattern, Mm -hmm. uh, to, cut your pieces and build it on top of. So I've been creating some patterns like that and
0: gotten some good responses from it. That's really exciting. So it's kind of opening up a new avenue of, of income and um, you know, helping people to do what you do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm excited. And I think, I think it's uh, I never, I always wondered a long time ago, I was like, is this something that people could do without taking a class? You know, with somebody like taking a Mm. class at a stained glass studio and it's always like I always say it's always better to take a stained glass class in person with somebody Mm -hmm. but I realized I'm like oh there's a lot of people out there that don't you know driving to a stained glass studio is hours away so I think this is a great second option for those who want to learn a craft um, at home so but yeah this year I should have it all put together for the tutorial and everything.
0: That's exciting. Do you have a yeah. do you have a release date or is it just kind of it's gonna happen when it's all come together? It's gonna to happen when it happens.
1: <laughs> I should have a release date. I would love to have it ready for summer. That's my yeah. goal. But okay, cool. at this point it's I've got all the video prep, everything. It should be good. You know, like I have it ready to go. It's just that time of maybe I need to send the husband and kids on a trip so that have, You know, a couple of days to focus. That's probably what I should do. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So fast forwarding to now, what's kind of the most successful? Because you stopped doing the markets, I assume. You just sell online yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's kind of your main marketing channel these days that brings new people into your business?
1: Uh, quite a bit through Instagram. Instagram has been helpful. And then it's always kind of that, that, you know, you love Instagram and kind of hate it at the same time, yep. you know, so <laughs> So I love it for that reason, you know, people find me through, you know, that avenue, but with Instagram changing quite a bit, it does, it does, uh, bring you down, you know, you have to figure mm-hmm. out new ways. So right now I'm kind of like, okay, so, you know, I realize I'm like, I can, I can rely on Instagram to, you know, to a degree, but, um, right now, um, I'm trying to hopefully focus on doing a little bit more wholesale contacting. So okay. I'm, I've seen a, a couple shows, um that um not so much markets, but more shows geared towards, you know, small, smaller artists um, that want to do wholesale and whatnot. And then also I have my, my items on West Elm, West Elm reached out to me last year. So I have a few mirrors on there and they're going to add a couple more. So if I can grow that side, I think that would be a huge help too. Yeah. That's pretty, it's pretty top notch getting in West Elm. That's awesome. It is. I, I've enjoyed it and it's been great. (laughs) So it's, it's great. It it feels great to have another Avenue rather than just the site and, and Etsy, Mm -hmm. you know, just something else that, you know, is, is, uh, helping the business grow. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm seeing if there's, um, other ways to, to get, you know,
0: to reach other people. Mm Mm-hmm. So do you have any idea of kind of where you want your business to go or are you just happy with letting it grow organically and see what sort of happens along the way?
1: No, I'm good with letting it grow organically. I mean, now I feel like there's a little bit more pressure because, Mm. you know, now it's like our our full-time job. So that always makes me a little bit more nervous. But uh, the one thing I'm hoping to do in the future is um, much larger pieces because my mirrors have been... Um, my top sellers and it's and I really gravitated towards work starting to work with mirrors because uh the consistency so Mm -hmm. just it's much easier to keep mirror in stock than having the same so many colors in stock that you're doing it's doable but sometimes I don't you know I use a color and then I want to use a different one so it's hard to keep using the same colors every time but um So that's the one thing that my husband and I are working on are these large, larger scale mirrors, um, where he's doing the woodworking side of it and we're including brass and whatnot in it. And I'm hoping to do much larger mirrors because I think there's that outlet of, um, you know, interior designers Mm. and, um, home decorating where, uh, there's mirrors you can find, you know, at stores and whatnot, but I love the idea of creating just really unique, very large, you know, large scale mirrors that, um, people can't find at the store. Yeah. So I think, I think there's something that, that, that type of market that I want to tap into. And the one thing I'm, I am trying to get my hands on and figure out the best way to do it is colored mirror. I know that I'm just dying to, to create some large scale mirrors with some colored mirrors. So.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I've ever even seen colored mirror. They have they have like bronze,
1: um, and I've oh. seen them a couple places, but not a lot. And it's out there. I'm just trying to work with um, a manufacturer on getting it. So fingers crossed, I get that because I'm just dying for it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I love this though. Um, you you tapped into something there that I think happens to a lot of us is we we make you know, a range of designs in our particular craft. And then we kind of hit on this one little, I call it a micro niche within our niche Mm -hmm. of some very specific type of product that we sort of fall in love with or our customers fall in love with. So we make more of that and that can often be a huge game changer for people's businesses. Yeah,
1: yeah, Yeah, definitely. And I kind of feel like uh, for my business, I'm kind of in a, not like a limbo state. Like I know I can, you know, I do my stained glass, you know, unique creations I do my mirrors but it's gonna be interesting to see if I start you know trying to tap into those other markets what Mm. that's gonna mean you know I mean it's gonna be interesting to see like is it gonna now shoot off into that direction or this so it'll be interesting to see where it all goes
0: (laughs) absolutely yeah so before we finish up do you have um a piece of it of wisdom to share with your fellow makers about running a successful handmade business
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, My biggest um, advice would be to try to be um, as original as possible and just um, uh, try to find your own, I guess, come up with your own ideas and inspirations. And um, the more original you can be, the more you're going to stand out. That's my opinion. Mm -hmm. Because um, And I totally understand when you're starting an art and a craft that you try to do things that are kind of similar because you're just starting to learn. But once you get to that spot where you feel like you're really confident in what you're doing, then trying to come up with your own unique ideas and your own designs is going to be huge. And um, because you'll find that, especially for me, I've seen other stained glass artists and when I see their work, and the ones that you see kind of like the re- the same design popping up you're like okay I've seen that I've seen that but the ones I notice are the ones that I'm like wow that's amazing I've never seen that before they're really good you know mm-hmm. and so I think that's the one way to get your business to grow is just um, coming up with your own unique ideas and designs is huge it'll take you really far Absolutely. I love it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and did you happen to bring a quote along today to share with us? Oh, okay.
1: So I don't have a fancy quote, but mine's really basic and I'll tell you where it comes from. Awesome. With my kids when they were younger, I was always trying to find the best kind of like kids TV shows for them to watch that weren't just like nothing that goes to somewhat learning TV mm-hmm. shows. And there's my favorite, one of my all-time favorites is tumble leaf and it's on amazon it's an amazon made kids show but it's like it's like like a um clay animation kind okay, of thing cool. stop motion but anyways it's very artsy i guess you could say but <laughs> but the character i love his character in the show because he's his kind of thing that he talks about they'll hit like a they're going on an adventure and then something happens and they don't know what to do. And they're like, Oh, well, let's figure it out. And so that's kind of something we stuck. We told our kids all the time. And that's kind (laughs) of our family model is figure it out. But I, I now use it for my business because Mm -hmm. if there's something where I'm like, Oh my goodness, I don't know how to do this or that. And I always have to remind myself and say, figure it out. Because I think that's one of the biggest things that you can do for yourself is Sometimes it's really easy just to start relying on people and just ask them. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed that with people sometimes with me, they'll just easily just ask me all these questions where I'm like, you could just look, you know, look it up or (laughs) go back and just search, you know. And sometimes you just need to stop and sit and think and figure it out. And that's also another thing I got from one of my jobs was – my manager at the time, I, I was just starting out this job and I was kind of asking people all the time, you know, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And she's like, can you just be your own detective and figure it out? And so I think it's <laughs> huge though. I think it's you and you learn so much more if mm. you, if you try to figure out on your own, which I'm not saying you shouldn't use resources or people that do know, but just not being so quick just to, to depend on others to do things for you. But if you figure it out, it, it makes you learn so much more. So, I love that
0: be your own detective line. That's great.
1: <laughs> I know. It was really hard to take at the time and I'm pretty sure yeah. I cried about it. It's like, oh no, 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 but but now I'm like I get it. Like I didn't realize I was doing it so much, you know? So yeah. just you have to you have to figure it out. <laughs>
0: have you um have you read Marie Follier's book, Everything Is Figure No, but I should write that down. I think that sounds right up your alley. (laughs) No, I I should. I've literally just gotten it out of the library. I haven't uh, read it yet, but uh, I'm looking Uh, forward to it. Because I love that phrase, everything is figureoutable. It's kind of her catchphrase. It's great. I use it all the time as well. It's so true. Like, don't let things daunt you. If if somebody else has done it, you can do it as well. You just have to figure it out.
1: Figure it out. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that's why we try to instill it in our kids because – if you ever get to a point in life where things aren't going your way, but if you can figure it out and you know, those stories that you hear about people that, you know, couldn't afford to go to school. So they worked, you know, so many jobs and put their way through and they did it like, that's really inspiring. You mm-hmm. know, when someone just figures out how to make it work, even, you know, rather than just sitting down and be like, I can't do it. And you know, blame other people for things, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's what we try to tell our kids, like, you know, you need to figure it out, you know, there's a way to do it and you can make it
0: happen. So love it. Love it. Thank you, Lauren. That's fantastic. Okay. (laughs) Where is the best place for people to find you online? Yeah. So online is just
1: www.skullglass.com, just my website. And then you can also find me on Etsy if you look up Skullglass. And can you just spell uh, that for
0: people who aren't? Oh yeah, sorry.
1: Yes. It's (laughs) it's it's S Z K L O and then glass. So yeah, and then uh that's where you can see all the things that I have um for sale. And then if you go to my Instagram, same thing, just Slow Glass. Uh that's where you can find a lot more um, photos of things I'm creating on the side or for
0: commissions. So I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for taking Uh, the time to chat with me today. Uh, It's been fantastic. Well, thanks
1: for asking me to to chat. It was wonderful.
0: I hope you enjoyed that interview with Lauren. And uh, I've got plenty more lined up. And, of course, you know, if you are a successful maker already or you know someone who is, I'm always looking for guests, people who have interesting stories, people who can share their lessons and what they've learnt during their time running their businesses. So don't hesitate to get in touch with me and reach out and uh, say, hey, I'd love to be on the show. Here's my story. Give me a little summary. Thank you for listening. And just a reminder uh, about the live workshop that's happening, how to craft a perfect thank you message for your business Uh, that's happening next week. So the week of, let me find the date here. Uh, the week of the twentieth, so Monday the twentieth that week. I can't remember exactly which day it is. It's probably Tuesday or Tuesday, or Wednesday. Um, all of those live workshops rotate the times around, so they're available, you know, for people in different time zones. Uh, and there's also the recording. You always have access to the recording after the workshop's finished. And if you join the Thrive Circle, you have access to all the past workshops and there are like 30 something of them in there as well as uh, the Your Year to Thrive course and much more. And, I think one of the most valuable things is our community of wonderful people who make this podcast possible. Uh, I run the podcast ad-free and it only survives via the support of the members of the Thriver Circle. So thank you so much to them for making this podcast possible. And if you do want to support the show, that is the best thing you can do is to sign up for the circle, even if it's only for a month or two. Um, to show your support for the show and get access to all of the the information and uh, support and education that's in there. You know, if this is a time for you to work on your business, you could sign up for a couple of months and, you know, really dive into all the resources. It's a monthly subscription. You can leave any time. I don't make you lock in for a year and may, a huge upfront cost uh, it's a low monthly fee so you can check that over out over at thrive and also remember if you're interested in setup shop my 30-day intensive course that shows you how to set up a successful online shop for your handmade goods shoot me a dm at instagram at create and thrive and tell me jess i am keen for setup shop and if i get enough people interested i will run the course again very soon Thank you so much for being here and listening to the show. I love bringing this to you every week and I'll be back again very soon with another episode of the show. Oh, before I forget, one final thing. Have you looked at the results of the State of Handmade survey yet? Uh, this is something that I did with the ladies over at the Business of Making podcast, my other podcast. Uh, we ran a survey in the, at the beginning of this year. It finished mid-February and we've released the results. So you can fi- you can see that over at uh, thebusinessofmaking.com. Just look for the link to the State of Handmade Survey. Lots of interesting stuff. We're talking about it over on that podcast this month. And um, yeah, so go check that out. You'll find lots of interesting data about the handmade industry and the current state of things. All right, I'm going now. I'll talk to you next week. Bye for now.